Hello and welcome to RPP's Inside the Pavilion. I'm your host, AJ King. Joining me are my co-hosts, Neil Williams and Jace Elbrus. We're back for a new season, new format. First of all, Jace, thanks for joining me, mate. Yeah, thanks, AJ. A very professional intro there too, mate. Um, excited about the uh, year ahead in this. Neil? Yes, look, I, you've spent weeks writing that intro. It was brilliant, AJ. <laughs> but I mean, the whole idea really is that we're going to have a chat today, but there's going to be interviews with uh, local sportsmen, a bit of a focus on cricket as the winter arrives, a bit of footy, plenty of other sports people to have our interviews with. Well, absolutely right. And we've talked about it already that the Peninsula is so rich of talent in all sports. Um, You know, we've spoken about table tennis, we've spoken about other different things you don't even think about. And the Peninsula has talent everywhere. And and that's what we're going to delve into as well. And I think, you know, the cricket, we see how how good the MPCA is. And we've won a number of Country Week uh, championships. Many. And, you know, it's great to be involved in that. And I think, you know, the footy is regarded as number one or number two in, in Victoria. And, uh, you know, there's sports, as we said, that don't even get talked about. And I think that's where uh, we're really going to delve into. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how people down here started in their particular sport. Mm. Some of the sports you mentioned as well are not so much mainstream. Um, looking forward to hearing some good stories from some of the sports people we know down here and and some of the, you know, the camaraderie they've built with others and, yeah, and I'm also looking forward to hearing from people as we do on our radio show, Neil, mm. and, and the, the work they put that we don't, like the general public don't really hear about that they put into their, their particular sport to become the, the high level that they've become. And I think that's right. And what we'll do is we'll speak to the grassroots uh, section as well, but we'll also speak to the professionals who have made mm. it and who have come from the peninsula or mm. who may not have come from the peninsula and, who may call the Peninsula home home now. And, you know, I can think of a number of people that are going to be exciting to speak to. And, you know, we're going to go off with the cricket side of things, with the, the Q&As that have been going out. And um, it's great to sort of see everyone, you know, uh, celebrating people's careers. But it's not just about that. It's about um, who they've played against. You know, the funny times, the good times. It sort of, you know, footies uh, advertised a fair bit of it the last few years, but... Cricket sort of gets left behind a, a bit in that section, and I think that's where um, you know a big focus of ours is going to be. And I think you know the, the way that people play hard on on the ground sort of gets um, forgotten about how good local cricket and local sport is. Hmm. You know, to to finish the game, and, and it's really important that you do go into the opposition's room and and have a beer or have a soft drink after the game and, and celebrate what you've just achieved. Yes, there's some characters that we've spoken about uh, that we'll get on that will have some great stuff about the on-field, but also some pretty good times off-field as well. And like you say, AJ, uh, one thing that's really strong down here in the the local cricket and footy for that matter is that that camaraderie, even between other teams off the ground, like once the game's finished, we all go and come off the ground and as... The more beer we drink, the, the greater we are, of course. And well, the greater we were. The greater we were, maybe. So I'm looking forward to hearing a few few stories in that regard as well. And I, I would have said, Neil, that we uh, we spoke to Brad Hodge on yes. on Friday night and we had a good interview with him about, you know, on-field but also off-field, but you'd done the Harry Houdini and we couldn't find you to have a chat. 
Correct. I, I, uh, I had some other things I was doing at the time, but uh, I, I was thought he was in great hands with you and Rob. And you know, you, sometimes you can have too many, too many emails all prattling well, on at well, the same time. We didn't want time. to intimidate the poor guy, did we? No, no, that's right. But he was yeah. fantastic. You know, he, he's good value. He spoke about things um, not just about his career, but you know, things that have been happening at the moment in the Australian team that mm. I guess everyone's pretty well aware of, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's a passionate Melbourne supporter, so we had four Melbourne supporters in the in the caravan at the one time. So I had to that's leave a good at that reason point. Not to yeah. be there. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that, and but you know he had a laugh, and and the things that um, he's done, you know, he sometimes around the cricket world he may get portrayed uh, a little bit differently to what he actually is. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear stories of, you know, he, when he when he goes out, he throws his stuff, which is, most cricketers do. But, you know, he, he always had the limelight of being the best player. Um, you know, everyone knew that. He was, he was the best Victorian player. But the way he spoke about his teammates um, and the way that, you know, he relives stories and you could just tell that he, he was genuine. And and he and he loved that hard work, and mm. he was able to, you know, celebrate the good times. And you know, I, I think he knew a lot more than what he was letting on about um, his best mate Andrew McDonald, which um, uh, I've got my thoughts on why the Australians may have uh, passed Justin Langer on. I reckon that they've uh, noti- or identified him as the the perfect coach, um, but you know, I, I think he knew a few things that. He probably couldn't say, um, and it is hard because when you're in the inner sanctum, even at a you know a local club, the local club or the leaders know what's going on, but it can be portrayed differently outside, mm. even in in the local competition. So it'd be yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you know, as we said, we're going to try and celebrate uh, some good careers that we've seen over the local. Uh, scene, but also some budding careers as well. And one of the things that everybody says is that you make lifelong friends from cricket. They're not always in your own club, they're right around. I've noticed uh, when we do our games on Saturdays that there's generally several people in each club that you can just have a bit of a chat about, have a bit of a laugh, talk about a story from the past. That's right across the peninsula. So you've got 34 clubs plus French Island, who've all got some uh, some great stories that they share. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to, is just that, that level of camaraderie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I came down here, I, I'm not a Peninsula person initially, but came down here and that was, um, through footy and cricket was kind of how I, I made friends. And mm. that's um, how I, you know, socially at the start, that's kind of why I played footy and then, played cricket I was always wanting to play cricket but moving down here is just to to meet new people and and that's often often how people um do it and mm. you know the sport down here in particular uh, Neil you're a school teacher has been a school teacher as well you know it's such an important part of the community and I can tell you a million stories uh of how the sport within the Morning Peninsula community has has saved lives almost by yeah. by keeping people within that sort of club culture, which can be so valuable. Oh, very much so. Yeah, and and I I'm always saying to people that you know I've never been a big gamer. I I'm a sports absolute <laughs> nuffy, but my life growing up was at a sporting club. Like I. I 
I was often not home because I was at the sports at Sereno and, and mm. that's where I grew up. I grew up in the nets, you know, on a yeah. Saturday Arvo. I, my old man was involved in the, the footy um, committee. So I was often with him down at uh, training Tuesday, Thursday. Um, not to say that, you know, like I've, I've done everything, but I was lucky enough to do so many jobs on a Saturday uh, being involved in the footy club, mm. you know, from, from being a runner to doing the scoreboard to, you know, doing stats with dad. Um, so my my childhood was, was the footy mm. and career club. And I think, you know, I, I've, I've got to appreciate that of growing up in a community orientated, you know, um, scene and, you know, the people that you meet, um, the different players, you know, the, the people that you attract to a club. Um, and, and like you said, you've, Jace, you've moved down from another area and you come down and you, you learn about different clubs. Yeah. Um, but uh, as I said, like I wouldn't want it any other way. And, um, you know, I often have a laugh with, with my wife about, you know, our little son now um, growing up. I said, I want him just to be like what I did. You know, I want him to be that little kid running around yeah. the Oval on a Saturday and um, annoying everyone. And But that's what I did. I was lucky enough that I could do that. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. So Jace, Jace, you mentioned... When you came here, now who was what was the very first game you played on the peninsula? Uh, cricket wise, yeah, yeah. So I actually trained at Bonio, yeah, because I had a few of the boys at school were involved with Bonio. Andy Wayne, a lot, lot of was one. There was a group of teachers from Rosebud High yep. School at the time who Pe- were at that Bonio. Yes, Peter Gordon, who would love me mentioning his name on this as well. <laughs> yep. So I trained at Bonio. Uh, I ended up playing footy at Red Hill just again for mm. to meet a few people. Uh, met a a little midget called Stewie Rigby, um, yep. who wisely said before you sign on at Bonio, come, come and have a look at another come club. Come and have a look at Main Ridge. Just want to show you the ground. Walk mm. me out on the balcony there, and yeah, it was pretty hard to say no to that. Uh, so at, you start off with a home game at Main Ridge. I've started off with a home game at Main Ridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. The, yeah, I still remember it really vividly. Actually, it was about two thousand and three, and then. I with the very first we we're playing Mount Martha the very first ball of the we were bowling and Darren Ablett was facing the very four, first ball of the game and the first ball he sort of five steps down the pitch tried to land it in Flinders Reef in Mushroom Reef in Flinders I thought wow that's an interesting way to go about next one he hit it and it went into the bowling green it was massive yeah. hit and then the third ball stumps everywhere and I thought what have I signed myself up to here uh, and then it turned out that they could play a bit that Mount Martha side and when I went out to bat was facing Ablett and Bateman first up so for the people who've played a bit of cricket down here would know those two could let it go at a fair fair clip and knew where to land it too so that was my initiation at the back end of a season down here and um, yeah just loved it like loved the as you sort of mentioned the camaraderie the Main Ridge boys were great and uh, that was kind of it I never I actually didn't go back to playing back up in town for Montmorency anymore. Mm, okay. So 2003, I couldn't turn you away from from uh, the peninsula with me being a student at Rosebud and you being my coordinator. Maybe it was 2003, 04. No, I, did get a, I got a phone call from Clarkie once. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I thought I uh, couldn't leave the ridge at that stage. 
Um, and it's good we're talking about our number one mm. topic today, which is ourselves. Because um, <laughs> Wolf Wolfman, I wanted, to, I had a couple of questions for you. I haven't read oh, through your okay. profile yet. Wise. Very interested on a couple of things. One is, didn't realise that you had such an extensive career at Man Alive, so I'm interested to hear about that. Twelve years. Yeah. Also, have no idea why they call you the Wolfman. Uh, that's you can blame uh, Kenny Taylor. Kenny the Texan tailor from Bonio <laughs> for that one. So I used to have a, a beard then, and uh, he just went for Wolfman. You know, he used to do the, the werewolf howl from the... That was Ken's idea, he thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, a lot of other people did too. I didn't quite get the joke, but it was to do with uh, having, having a beard, I think. Well, I think I knew you as the Wolfman about five years before I actually knew your real name, Dennis. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of guys from Flinders similar in that regard. And Ma- Mount Eliza? Yeah. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up there and well, how often, you, how long you played there for? Obviously 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. Well, m- moved down from Blackburn South. Uh, parents moved and it was the, gra- the house which Dad built and it was 50 metres from the old Howard Parker ground which is where the first and seconds used to play. So you just wander down there and uh, attend training, meet a few of the guys, and they're all, everyone's local in those days, and uh, very first game was opening bowling in the seconds. Uh, for some reason it wasn't at Mount Eliza in that game, it was down at Morning Star of all people, where the, the winery is. <laughs> no connection there between my current interests in wine. <laughs> uh, and the open, we played against Pines, and the opening bowler for Pines was Bubba Bradley's father. So that goes back to, what, 1969. Um, and he was one of the first sort of opposition players I met and seemed a really nice fella and uh, ended up, of course, meeting the whole Bradley family uh, <laughs> over the years. But, but that was the, the very first game. But at, uh, it was against Pines and we, we had a win and I actually remember getting five for 20 that day. And the number of times I reckon in, over the years I've got five for 20 exactly, that's... Staggering. I don't know why it was five for twenty, but it was. Well, I like that little reference of I don't know how many times I've got five for twenty. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you picked up on that because so did I. <laughs> At least six times a year you get five wickets. I reckon have to over the years. Jeez. Now I'm starting to get an idea about where Cam gets it from. But oh, that's exactly. right. That's right. I mean, you've got to be truthful. Well, no good being shyly modest. <laughs> But what was Mount Eliza like back then as a club? Was it as big as it is now? Not, or not at all. It was pretty similar. Three sides. Yeah. Three sides. Back in those days, if you had three, you were, it was pretty big. It was just, what, four years after the uh, amalgamation between the north and the south. And uh, yeah, first, first, seconds and, and thirds. The thirds played in what was the sub-districts at the time. Uh, but they didn't really have... If a club wanted to come up with four or five teams, you'd wonder what competitions are going to be in. It was provincial, district, sub-district, first, seconds, and there might have been an A grade or something like that. But there weren't as many grades as we have as we have now. So most of the clubs were maybe three teams, maybe four teams. And uh, it gradually grew. By the time I left there, I reckon it was up to eight teams at Mount Eliza. And that's what a lot of people in my era, and, and probably yours as well, Jase, is we don't actually know a lot about when the competition started. Mm. You know, being at Serrano for so long and, and being so close to the late Jeff Morgan, like, he played for Portsea. Yeah. And <laughs> when did Portsea have a side? Like, that's <laughs> as, as good as an oval and facilities and, you know, the, the I guess, 
you know, the, the nature around the oval. But it's funny because Jeff uh, was a Sereno through and through. So we used to give him stick for, for playing for Portsea. Yep. And he lived in Rye, but he refused to call it Rye. It was Sereno East. That <laughs> um, sounded like Morgan. Yeah, yeah. anything to do with, with nothing to do, or anything to do with not Sereno or Carlton. Like yep. he was just anti. Yeah. So you'd always have a, a good little joke with him there. But, you know, going back to when it mm. all started, like mm. we wouldn't even really know that sort of thing. No, that's right. And a lot of, lot of teams, when you actually hunt around and, and uh, Dougie Dial's probably the fellow who's got most of that information nowadays with the passing of Simon Fiedler, but there, there were teams like Bitten, uh, Navy, uh, most people would be aware of the Diggers who play Wilson's mm. Row just down from our studio here, which is now Mornington play there. But, so that's a, a more well-known club. But there were at least eight or nine of those clubs that no longer exist. And yeah. uh, you know, and they sort of were there in the amalgamation but didn't last too long if, if you know, as things got bigger and stronger. And... The majority of the people now know you from being from Bonio and and radio, I guess. Yeah, and, and radio. But yeah. what was it like, you know, heading down to Bonio uh, and playing there? And obviously, you've you've been there for a number of years mm. now. And, and your son Cam's, you know, played his whole career there. So, yep. you know, tell us a bit about the Bonio sort of your career. I I got there after they won the um, sub district flag. They went down to sub districts, beat Red Hill in the first year, and jumped back. So that was about 69, 70, roughly, 69 or 70. And a bit, or, sorry, 79, 80, that's more like it. Um, I, I'd been living in the area at, at Cape Shank for a while and driving up to, up to uh, Mount Eliza because I'd been working in Mornington. This building here was the high school and I worked there for 10 years or so. Uh, so it was easy just to stay at the club and train and that sort of thing. But after that, I thought, no, look, how about the local club? Just coincided with them winning the flag and coming up. So myself and one of my, one of my good friends, local guy, Andy Martin, both decided to go down to Bonio together. They had, I reckon, three teams then. Grew over the years. At one stage actually had six, four of them playing in the grand final. Wow. And was uh, now down to, to three, some years, four other years. Um, Developed some of the juniors, and that's that's when Cam got involved, and I've sort of helped out a bit there. And uh, it was well, the the pavilion's in the same place, but it was a really old pavilion. Somewhere in the, in the current pavilion, there's a, a painting of of the old one, and it was rudimentary, I think is the best word, but but still in the same spot on the top of the hill there. Well, that's good. They built us new toilets uh, over yes. the off season. That was great. Um, <laughs> I'm interested, Wolfman. Badly needed. When yeah. you, you see so you're 19 at when you start at Mount Eliza and, and 29, 30 when you get to Bonio. What are yep. you bowling between those ages? Are you still like I remember you? I played once against you. They wheeled you out and correct. You took a took a Michelle against us <laughs> off about three steps. What were you bowling back then? Right about seventy uh, eight. I slowed down. I mean, I started off as the a bit of a seam bowler, left arm swing bowler, could move it, move it around a bit, and it was pretty clear that when you got Tony Mac Williams and you've got Bob Hogan and a few other quick blokes, that I'm not going to be able to uh, 
be the third quick every year. So I just uh, took the pace off the ball. A lot of, lot of help from Wally Wedgwood Sr., the guy they've named the medal after, yeah. who was a left-arm slowy, and he, he probably taught me as much about bowling as anybody. But I'd say around about yeah, 78, I sort of started the bowl slower, be first or, first or second change, and uh, just learnt the practice of swinging it, maybe spinning it into the wind. Left arm into the wind was essentially what I was always trying to do. Was that 1978 or when you were 78? <laughs> yeah, no, it was 1978. I was 78 a little yeah. bit after that, yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Kingy, he never quite worked out the slowing it down and bowling off a shorter run. So Kingy? I, well, I yeah. tried. <laughs> he, he, he did, yeah. I tried this year for yeah. two games. That yeah. didn't really work. But, but yeah, I probably should have looked into that <laughs> a little bit more now. It puts less pressure on your knees, I must say that. But uh, it was ma- mainly for my, my thoughts, it was just thought I could make a better contribution to the to the team or the club bowling the slower stuff and trying to just shut down an end and get a few people out when they got sick of hanging around. And Jace, what about you, mate? Uh, debuting in your senior stuff at 14 in the seconds at Eldridge. Oh. You took a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. Got, oh, <laughs> I was... I was um, I was about to do a visual cue, which is not very good on a podcast. No, never mind. Wasn't very. Not that I'm tall now, but I wasn't very tall as a 14 year old. I okay. had my growth spurt at 15. Um, but yeah, I turned up for the. I played in the fifth or something the week before my first ever senior game, and I think I took four wickets, just literally bowling outside off stump, um, <clears throat> and then turned up to the fifth the next week, and they said, "No, nah, you're in the twos." <laughs> it's quite the promotion. Yeah, yeah turned up to the twos and. <laughs> Um, I was so scared because the, the when you I, I look at my young fellas playing seniors now and yeah. I think it really is it's, it's water off a duck's back for him but back then it was like you're playing with these guys with beards and stuff yeah it's that's like, right yeah wow um, they look like they've played for 30 years yeah, and know everything yeah, about the game like they all want to get you in a headlock and flush your head down the toilet <laughs> so then um, yeah I just remember when I bowled I all thought they're going to hit this little tacker out of the ground for six and I normally tell the story that I, you know, bowled absolute smoke, but I just put it on a, on a spot and they all tried to hit me for six and three of them tried to hit me for six in a row and all went out. So <laughs> I'll take, I think it was a sixer in the end and, um, yeah, it was quite a great start to, to senior cricket, although batting-wise I was just petrified at the time. And I think about it now and I'm, you know, you're telling kids that are coming up not to be scared of the ball, but at that age, at that height, I was, I thought they were all bowling, um, like a uh, show of actor sort of pace. And I haven't forgotten uh, when you coached us in school cricket. <laughs> oh, no. The day I took a hat-trick and you still didn't give me the ball after it to take it back to school. Yeah. With the little sports, red king. Sports master would have wanted that ball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I kind of thought it was a shoe-in when the bloke walked out in school, black leather shoes, <laughs> in a school uniform. I thought, eh, I think I, I, get think him. I might get him. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a pretty good side, actually. From, from And I don't remember not giving you the ball. I'm sure I'll... No, you never gave it to me. Let's Check his glove back box, back he'll be there. <laughs> Sold it off. That would have been at Main Ridge. We would have trained with that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's the old Red King. It was good. Well, but King, I was, I'm going to move on to Kingy a little bit. So for some people might not know that um, I was teaching at Rosebud when Kingy was there and 
I didn't. I didn't teach. I don't think I actually taught you, did I? No, you're just coordinator. Just coordinator, yeah. and, and this um, little. He was still wasn't little then, but he'd be in my office all the time, just chatting about cricket, pretty much every day. Cricket, 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 cricket. So I got to know Kingy really well at school, even though I didn't have him in a class. Um, and yeah, you're a cricket nerd back there, Kingy. But how about your? I'm interested. I've got a couple of things I'm really interested to hear from you that I don't know, so I'm asking off the cuff. But one is um, sort of you, you're beginning into the senior cricket, and the other one I want to hear about is your experience with Country Week as well and, and the like. Yeah, so I I had a bit of a different intro into senior cricket. Um, oh, oh, it's pretty well documented that I, I wasn't very fit then and not very fit now. Um, but... I, you know, I didn't really play a lot of senior cricket going through, uh, like, your 14s and 16s. I was more still at the club watching the seniors play. Um, Streno sort of only had three sides at that point. Um, the thirds were full of, you know, like, the older guys who just wanted to play thirds, yep. which, which was great. That, mm. that was awesome for the club, and that's how they sort of do it now, but they've introduced a lot of father-son Stuff which other clubs are doing, which is mm. great. Um, I think I got my chance in the second. I might have played a little bit in the thirds. Um, I didn't really take it too serious. Um, and then I played in the seconds a couple of games. One of three games. Um, I don't even think I got a bowl, to be honest. Um, so I wasn't overly thrilled with standing in the field. So I probably didn't, yeah, like I said, I probably didn't really take it that serious. Um, until maybe, I think it was the first year of under, it was 17s back then, but the first year we didn't have a 17 side. So I just played seconds the whole year um, and we made the grand final, um, but I was given the, the new ball every week. So that sort of you know sparked my interest. Um, back then, footy was my number one, as much as you say <laughs> I love cricket, but... Footy was my number one. Unfortunately, yeah, the the knee operation stopped that. Lack of fitness might have been yeah. a factor. Or no, not? I didn't need that. I was oh, full okay. forward. So. Oh. <laughs> That's right. You're a big big plugger down yeah, at full yeah. forward. I remember that. Yeah. The big grab. Um, yeah. Uh, so that sort of derailed the footy career. Uh, you know, I started footy when I was six. I played four years of under 10, so that's how much I loved it. Um, but, yeah, I, I played that whole year in the seconds. We made the grand final. Um we played against Heatherhill and their side had Scabs Martin, Mark Fisher, John Hilly, um, Pip Heath, um, Nath Martin, I think John Hilly Jr., um, a couple of others that, you know, probably I, I can't remember, but that side was like, I was just looking at it thinking, this is incredible. James Boletta, um, and it, it was just incredible to play against them. Mm. Um, I learned so much playing that grand final um, against them. And I put it down, I think, oh, I might not be in this one, but um, one of the biggest wickets and best wickets I've ever cherished is I got John Healy out for a duck in the oh. grand final. <laughs> um, and after the game, like, it, I was only 16 and, you know, I probably didn't think about it back then, but we just... Chatted cricket for 25 minutes when he could have been celebrating with oh. his teammates, and, and they were great. And it was fantastic to 
to think about that. And, you know, I played with guys like, I think it was Pete Walker was playing, Luke Davin, Jay Callow, um, Adam Cairns, um, you know, like Luke Reed. So we were the, had Luke, Liam O'Connor was in the side. Um, so it was a good mix. Holmes, I reckon, played that year, Davey yep. Smith. Um, so I had a really good relationship with Davey and uh, Mick. And, you know, like it, it was a great year. I, I, that was one of my favourite years of, of cricket. And and then I guess I, I did okay. Um, and then I just sort of, you know, I got to 18, had the schoolies and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden took it a bit more serious. And, yeah, that, that sort of led into that. So, yeah, like it, it's, it's funny. It's... Um, as I said, I didn't really think cricket was going to be my number one. It's, oh. It was sort of got put onto me because um, from the surgeon, they said, well, you're going to have to choose one, but I don't recommend you playing footy. <laughs> and I don't really recommend you playing cricket as a bowler either, yeah. but if you're going to have to choose it, you, I'll let you play cricket. So, And that was it. And then, yeah, like you said, Country Week, um, <laughs> I actually had a chat with, with Nug, uh, my brother, Chris, the other week with someone. Well, that's and actually why uh, like, I, I've almost get jealous sometimes when you you come up against opposition and the like nug had <clears throat> and him and mitch darvel had obviously yeah. played a bit of country week together and just you see those guys obviously have a pretty good bond over the yeah. experience yeah so that's why i wanted to sort of hear a little bit about your experiences with yeah it. look country week was fantastic um the first time i played it was in the seconds and i got to play with chris um and, you know, we had guys like Lee Jansen, Brad Davison, Matty Blake, um, Matty Roach played, Jace Bedford played, so Robbie. Mm. And Waters come up a fair bit. Um, who else would have played? I think, um, I can't remember whether Aaron Paxton played. I think he might have. But okay. that was a great experience. Mm. Um, oh, I loved every minute of that. And what I was going to say is I probably look back at it and, kind of get a, a fairly annoyed at myself that a lot of the time I actually de- declined to play country week um, for the fact that my knee was just no good. Um, I played that year in the twos. The next year I sort of, and this isn't a big note, which I don't want to do, that um, I was approached to play in the first and I said, oh, look, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know if I'll, if I'll put my hand up. And I sort of did that a few times and I just didn't really put a let. I didn't accept the letter or mm. things like to go to training not that i would have made it just to go to training just for the fact of you know playing saturday cricket was hard enough with my knee and i decided i'd do it and then I, um someone pulled out that second year and um i was the replacement in the first and you know i played with guys like matt foon dan warwick bobby um luke popov um damo lawrence played I uh, played with Brits, um, Flipper, um, Groves, he played a few games. So that was good to play with the old fella. Um, but, yeah, mate, I loved it. And I roomed with Fooney. So our relationship grew. Um, I knew Fooney a fair bit, but, you know, it was just him and I in the room. And, you know, whenever we catch up, we reminisce about those those times. And same with Bobby when I see him. And we, we joke about, you know, what we did during the week or what happened on that day. Well, well I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> Uh, obviously, the people can read about the on-field um, performances of the team that's out there on my cricket and all the like. But any who who was pretty well performed off-field? Uh, yeah, look, the the first year and the seconds, um, we probably can't talk about the off-field. There's a couple of dramas, um, but I don't think from I think we played Sunday 
that, that was the first year of the Sunday game to play at Frankston. Yep. Okay. And I don't think Chris was sober until Saturday, the following week. Um, so those sort of boys, um, Lee Jansen, um, Brad Davison, they they had they gave it a fair crack. Oh, Jace Bedford, because we had Robbie up there for a few nights. Well, I was going to so, say, uh, Robbie and Waters would have been a yeah, pretty good support crew. Yeah, they were great. Um, and especially, I think we played at Footscray... Um, and the bar didn't open until, oh, I don't think, 11 or 12. And this might have been, you know, we might have kicked off at 10. And next minute you see Bedez and Waters get in the car. They can't be having this. This is ridiculous that it's not open at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so off they go down the street and bring some beers back. But they were, they were great. And just to, to have them there and, and have a chat. And, um, yeah, like I said, the, this, the year that we played in the first... Um, we won the grand final, so that was a great experience. Um, I played all week and then um, was dropped for the final because Grovesy was coming back. He was available that day. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But, um, no, like, I, I honestly didn't mind because I even said to on the Thursday night, I'm like, well, at least I've been dropped for someone that's taken 460 premier wickets. <laughs> so that's fine yeah, with me. And then they asked, on, on, we warmed up on the Albert and much to – to my hate, they said, you know, you can come on for a field and all that during the time. And the umpire overheard and they said, no, nah, not today, you can't. I said, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be fielding. But, um, no, nah, look, it, it was the, one of the best experiences. And I, I always look at the Country Week squad when it comes out and I always look at the, you know, people will laugh that when I was working with the old man, um, uh, Nug and I would always somehow wrangle it that we'd be working in the area of a couple of the country <laughs> week games. Um, so we'd be there and, you know, it's a great part of the MPCA history. Um, it's a great part of the, you know, of the, the local scene. And, you know, you play against some really good players. Like, it's it's ridiculous the guys you play against. Like, I played against Eamon Vines, who played for Victoria, um, was captain of Geelong. He's now down in Tassie. And he was 17. Um, and he was a freak at 17 and like I people were talking about him and I was thinking oh great how, how are we going to get this bloke out because that's how highly they were talking yeah. about and it, it was great to see I, that was the day that we had Groves he played with Scotty Phillips and I think um, one of those guys got him out and we had a really good win but um, you know like it was just amazing to the ground you even got to play on like mm. Yeah, we've played on Frankston a couple of times and things like that, but to play on Melbourne Uni, to play on the outside Princess um, Park Oval, um, like I said, Footscray, they had, um, I think we played at Moorabbin one day. So that was the experience and, you know, the bus ride home after the game was probably one of the highlights as well. <laughs> Interesting. I've seen just a couple of times there when one was going back, when the radio station was in the cool stores, and um, one country week on the Friday and uh, the studio would have been gate-crashed by Robbie Bedford and Waters <laughs> or somebody and um, they hadn't been to sleep on the Friday night and I said, no sleep last night, Robbie? No, I didn't sleep Thursday night either. So, <laughs> so you know, he, he used to build up but he'd also, uh, he's a fellow who's got an incredible yeah. Reputation, Rob. Uh, the centuries in Country Week finals, he's probably got more than anybody anywhere. Uh, so when we get to chat to Rob, we love to delve into those. Nice to be able to say you've got more centuries. Any, it'd be nice to say you've yeah. got a century 
anywhere, but let alone in a country, country week, week final, final, let alone multiple ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the Albert yeah. Ground quite often. And I think that's what um, a lot of this was brought um, together and why we're doing this and, and why I started the Q&As was that Country Week was so important every year um, for a squad to go away and represent the MPCA. But for how many times that the MPCA have won it, and for the guys that have played in it, like like what we said, Robbie Bedford, like it'd be so good for the guys coming through now to learn mm. and actually understand like how good he was. Like yeah. we know Robbie Bedford was one of the best players, but I don't think we appreciate how good he was. Yeah. Um, you know, Bobby Wilson's got a fantastic country week record, um, as well as Skipper. You know, making a hundred in the final uh, on the Junction Over. Like his his stats and country week career would be immaculate as well which i think you know bob will be pretty happy to talk about but mm. <laughs> uh, but those are the things that you know you sort of you play the country week you hear about it they you win or you don't make the um the final and it goes away until the next year mm. like that's what we need to be thinking about and you know some of the sides that the mpca would have produced um, you know in the the 90s and or even late 80s 90s yeah. um, early 2000s would be just be incredible yeah Neil um, we're all from different generations but very it, much yeah, yeah. yes um, <laughs> reading all the notes like we, here we've, we is, we've done. Um, you know certainly when I first came to the league and and Kingy will have read bits and pieces about names like uh, Lily Co springs to mind yep um, McHugh QE I've got to got to know which yep. is really good um but th- those sort of names and some of the bigger names around the comp, uh, Finney's another one, I suppose. Yeah, Pete Finney. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the bigger names when you, you were playing? Well, QE definitely is one of those. Big uh, personality too. Massive personality and his, and, and his record, because you know, each time he's gone to a, to a club, he gets a club up and he gets them winning premierships as well. Did that at Heatherhill and um, Long Island, I think it may have been, uh, YCW, though... Some of those teams too. He's he's uh, just done a superb job, and it's just his. Uh, I think it's the strength of his personality over the years. It's just been so good. He he was the best off spinner there for seven or eight years, in my view. Uh, probably most people would agree that, although they wouldn't have liked to have told <laughs> told him. But uh, Kiwi would have told them yeah, anyway, absolutely. so it doesn't matter, you know. But like at Metalizer, and they won six flags out of eight in the 70s uh, when I was there. And uh, they had Tony McWilliams, who I still rate as the... He just did his 400th game not so long ago, and who I rate as the best quick that going around uh, right through that time. Uh, Bob McDonald is a good leg spinner. And then the other leg spinner I rate is John Lillico, which, which you mentioned. JL was uh, absolutely tremendous. Everybody recognised it, apart from Graham Yallop, is the, the story I've heard. He just <laughs> could, wouldn't give him a game, but he was really good because he had a toppy, he had a couple of little, uh, all sorts of deliveries he could do. He, you know, he could do a wrong and really good bowler. Not a lot of pace, major work, floated the ball up, zipped it around, varied his pace, uh, very good, and such a character, JL. Bit unfair, a spinner that can turn it. That's uh, yeah, that's taking true. The I was looking at you. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't want to put the pressure on you there. But that's a good point, Jace. Is that we are all from different generations, yeah. and even to the generation now. Like I, I look back to the the Heatherhill uh, side 
uh, that, you know, won that MCG game. And mm. you had guys who are still playing, you know, first or second 11 at the moment in the MPCA, um, probably for different clubs, yeah. but you don't realise... Begsy and Fieldsy are, are two that come to mind. Yeah, yeah. and, and Brits, um, yep. you know, yep. Jason Hamilton Smith's obviously still at Heather Hill. Um, you know, Blakey, I think, played in it and he's at Crib Point. But you look at it, Simon Dignan, mm. you look at that side and I guess I probably come up against them in the back half of their first um, career mm. and they're, you know, sort of the mid to late 40s now, I guess. Um, but looking at it back then, like, that side was mm. just... We see how good they are now. Like, Begsy's just yeah. made the over 50s Victorian yeah. side yeah. and yeah. Uh, I rate him as seriously one of the best bats that I've seen. Um, I think he's number four or five in the all-time run scoring in the yeah, MPCA yeah. too. And you just think how good they were back then, you know, yes. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. That, the Frankston YCW premiership side, like, I didn't know that Prendy played for Frankston YCW or, yeah. you know, like you look back and you go, oh, well, did he start there? No wonder they were so good. Yeah, they yeah. all sort of um, bonded together. And At that when, time. Yeah, and when they moved, they sort of moved together. Mm. And you look back and, and as I've mentioned, like, the people who come up against them now, like if I didn't sort of deep dive into it or if I wasn't so much of a cricket nuffy, I would I would have just thought Begsy played for Flinders or Fieldy yeah. played for Flinders. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The, the system changed certainly when I was... So that Heather Hill side would have been about when I got down here, maybe just after. So I, I didn't really have a full understanding of how good that side mm. was. I knew they were good because yeah. I was in premierships, yeah. but... Things changed a little bit because they brought the point system in. I'd be interested how that side, what number of points they would have been at the time. Um, but that sort of side, you probably don't see as deep a side. Like that yeah. side, every player was Quality a genuine player. gun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, true. So, yeah, things have changed a little bit since then. Um, so your teams are building success a little bit differently these these days. Um, we see a lot more importance, particularly what, what we all really come from smaller clubs numbers mm. wise. That that for for the, our clubs, the the focus on those juniors coming in is so important, and every junior is so important for that for the club. I can remember when junior cricket started. Give you some indication, because there wasn't much until the sixties, early sixties, was when they really started to have. The clubs around my way, I was at Box Hill at the time, or living there, uh, just starting up an under-14 team. So anybody who knew you'd come and drag you along so to the under-14. What were kids doing? Were kids not playing cricket? How do you get into cricket then? Yeah. If you didn't play a bit at school or muck around or if your dad played, you might... But they, they weren't. And there was even some discussion as to, oh, you know, gee, kids, I don't know how... You know, they didn't want to be too young. So it was under-14s and under-16s. Took a long time before they've got down to the age groups that they've currently got. Uh, so that part has been really, really different. And I think we we touched on it before as well with Country Week that back then, you know, say, you know, twenty years ago or just under, I reckon everyone played Country Week together, and and that's where the deal, well, not deals, but that's where everyone agreed to play with each other. That you know, you had you had such a good week away, and yeah. you know, you, you enjoyed the guy's company and they all just banded together and, and that's where the super sides mm. no doubt about that I used to get nervous when a couple of you know players would be in country <laughs> week I'd like go and have a good time and hope you win but don't make too many friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
absolutely. Uh, no, but that's, that's, it, was, it was a great time. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what it needs to be. And I hope it does um, come back next year, you know, full force. And uh, I think it yeah, will. And I yeah. think, you know, Bobby in particular has been very strong at keeping it going in recent years. And uh, he's been the driving force, which is fantastic. But a lot of support from the, from the board level too. Bart and uh, Jugger and, pe- and people like that will be really keen to see, to see it continue, keep going. Can I change total tact here? Um, I'm also interested with Neil how, from another perspective, got into the radio and involved with 3RPP and then, um, you know, the the influence... That's had a big influence on the, the cricket and sport in general down here, but um, we're focusing a little bit on the cricket. Mm. But must be really proud of, of that fact and, yeah, just how you kind of got into it. Uh, there was a president's meeting held at Frankston Peninsula, 2002 or thereabouts, and at that stage, Pinky Cooper and Dave Hunter were doing the show, and they were saying, it's becoming more difficult, we want more people involved, so if you're interested, you can do phone-ins or whatever. Anyway, I spoke to Pinky and said, yeah, look, I'm quite happy to be involved. So I started off as the member of the district person who'd do the phone in each week and we'd chat through the games and they had one in different grades. I think Adam Voigt did it at one point too, uh, um, Brad Lynn as well. Um, so they, they were doing that. Then after about 12 months of that, Pinky said, it's getting pretty tough, can you join me in the studio? So I did that for a couple of weeks. And then the end he said, it's getting really tough, can you take it over? <laughs> Uh, so that was probably about the, the second year, about 2002 or three, And uh, at that stage, uh, Vossi was was around and was able to do all the panelling and things. So it'd be him and me and we'd, we'd drag a few other people along. But I realised that there was only a, a few people who were actually involved. So I made it my mission to get people from each club. So you could do phone-ins or we could have people in the studio and uh, expanded the number of people involved. So that's probably taken 17, 18 years to, to get it to a level where I think more people listen to it. Jack Heverin had a big involvement mm. too. And Jack, Jack sort of said, look, I'm, I'm keen because he wanted to get into radio, SEN and all that sort of business. So, and so he, ca- he got involved and had some ideas about how it might be set up and, and uh, I think he helped get it to another level and we've a lot of those ideas are still involved in the show at the moment and you you spend a fair bit of time um you know pre-planning the the saturday mornings and and things like that (laughs) and obviously the saturday (laughs) afternoons but um you know as you said it's been going for a number of years now um you obviously retired so you've got a bit more spare time i now have time correct (laughs) yeah but how much do you enjoy still getting out to the clubs and you know watching the cricket but once you like you said earlier you're able to catch up with guys that you've played against who are there watching Mm. or you know guys that you've watched for a number of years and you're able to you know have a chat on air and and things like that and the way that you've seen it grow um from your point of view I, i stopped playing i think it was 2011 and uh, that next year I just basically went around. I'd look at a game and then I'd finish it at Bonio, the you know, life member there. Uh, and Brendan here at the studio said, I can't w- we do footy here, I can't work out why we don't do cricket. And I said, well, most of the people who might be interested in doing commentary are out there playing and they've got their whites on. 
and he said, oh, OK, we've got this new little piece of equipment coming along soon. It could make it a bit easier, which is the little comrex that people would have noted at the ground. So from that second year, it must have been about 2012, I think, yeah, 12, 13, I think it was that season, we started to do it. And uh, I found one other person who was interested in Phil Manning. Yeah. <laughs> Phil was great value, actually. Yeah. Be- better than probably people would have anticipated. That. But uh, quite good. We'd get somebody from each club if we could. And we had a guy doing the technician work. So I had to learn that eventually because um, it's actually easier than I would have figured. Oh, it looks... I always have anxiety when I see the <laughs> panel board and I'm glad I don't have to press any buttons. Yeah, so so just gradually, and I think, and, and I actually spoke to the, um, again, the presidents uh, before that and said, this is what I want to do. I want to go around to each ground. It won't be, if it's a two-day game, I'll probably get to somebody different each week, but I reckon that I could guarantee that I could, every game, everybody will get a game, you know, one Saturday that we'll be there at doing one of, doing the game, either as a home or an away team. And um, in general, we've been able to do that. It's been trickier the last two years because we've lost about six weeks <laughs> along the way. But uh, we've sort of been able to do that. And yeah, and there's so many who really welcoming and say, oh, that's fantastic. There's a few others who are a bit shy about the whole thing. I added, added to it a bit the idea of trying to get... The around the ground scores, and I know you you tried that. That's not as easy as, it, as people would think. <laughs> and I've been yeah, able to get them. <laughs> yeah, I've been able to get those. So, and because I've got now got you know a guy like Rob Bowen who's quite amazing because he can keep score, so you don't have to keep annoying the scorer. Uh, do a commentary, and if I'm checking the phone and getting some updates, he can handle that for about three or four minutes, and then we get a couple other people to come in and join us, but. It's amazing all the extra things that go on, and you know, my phone ends up flat every Saturday oh, night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was the hardest thing. Was that, yeah. it, like what you said with the scores, um, it was great because I was getting the scores in, but I still get them now. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get that many messages. People put you on the list, oh, yeah. I get that many messages. And I just think, oh, it's Saturday at six o'clock. I like, I, I love cricket, but. I don't really care about this current <laughs> point. I but reckon Neil sends maybe 60 messages every Saturday. And I then every, you've cut me off, I think, this year, Neil. I think I'm out of the loop. You, no, well, so I don't get nearly uh, as many Because messages. I've got so many on the group, <laughs> yeah. the group's got bigger and bigger. And um, our, our dear friends at, uh, at the Keller Communications uh, companies, unnamed, <laughs> don't seem to like it when you send a massive group. So if you're sending... Apple messages to Apple phones, they get priority right. some weeks. So some people miss out. And then some people sort of say, oh, don't you do it? And I'll check my list and they're on the list. But sometimes they arrive on a Tuesday morning or something like that. So there's a, there's a, f- a few issues with carriers which you can't solve. And I think you've done a great job to, to get it to where it's at, Neil. And I certainly remember, you know, probably that 2, 12, 13, mm. you came down to Sereno, you know, a little bit and... Mm. Um, yeah, much to do. The my teammates are uh, not disgust, but they they would always get stuck into the people who were on the radio. Um, just at the time, just because it was the, the thing to do. But um, I grew a, a passion for um, yeah, co- watching cricket. I could always watch cricket, but mm. commentating and 
and mm. watching the game and um, you know I've always um, been able to come in here with you and um, a- and learn from that uh, it was something that probably when I was a kid that you know it actually was you know a dream of mine to probably become a commentator mm. and just how much I love sport so to bring it to the local side of thing and, and the cricket and and the the way that you've grown it in studio but out um, has been fantastic. And, you know, it's probably taken, as you said, a fair while, but it there's still so years. much yeah. that's untapped, isn't there, Jason? There is. Yeah. yeah, it's something we've spoken about a lot about um, about that untapped resource within our community and not just with cricket but with a whole heap of other sports as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there's the sort of things we hope getting, to do in, in, in uh, over the coming weeks, months and years. Getting boys. way more, way too professional, Neil, um, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to when Kepty and I were commentating at Heather Hill that time and surprised we'd get pulled off the air, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've laughed as hard for four hours in all my life and when he was on, but... Yes, uh, we moved into the professional era, of course. Yeah, and occasionally we do bring Keps back and uh, just muddy the waters on professionalism, yes. <laughs> and near and with that, you know, that last sort of 20 years of experience uh, working on the MPCA, give me your top five players that you've seen play in the competition. And then, then I know it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, because I've, yeah, I've, well... How far back do we go? That's the question. Oh, just in, in since you've been doing the radio. Oh, radio. Okay, Scott Phillips will be one that that springs to mind. Uh, pretty fortunate, I think. I saw him bat three times. He got a two hundred once, one hundred and forty the second time, and got five for the next time. You know. Oh, so he's the opposite to Eddie. He's wanting you around everywhere, whereas yeah. Eddie won't have you. <laughs> well, uh, just a slight diversion, but Rob Bedford was like that when I was umpiring. I'd. I'd one year there, I umpired the, the Karingal team five times and he could make 100 each game before tea. Unbelievable. And to come back the next time we saw him, he said, oh, I'm so pleased to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a diversion because if he was still playing, he'd be right up there. But def- definitely Scotty Phillips has got to be right up there. Um, longevity starts to come in. So a guy like Dale Irving is still a really, really quality player and one of the better bowlers, I reckon. So I'd sort of be tempted to put him in there as well. Uh, Simon Dart clearly has to be right up there. I mean, it's just his record is second to none. You know, people would love to have a record like that in terms of what he's done. So that, yeah, they, they'd be uh, quite a few. And Bobby Wilson... Uh, very good too because the number of times he just sets up victories I saw them cho- at Heather Hill chasing um, oh, 320 and uh, they were in a bit of trouble early but he just picked them off got to about 160 uh, charged and got them home with two overs to spare chasing 320 batted through uh, so you'd have someone like Bobby in there for sure I would think uh, yeah, and you, you got one more. Have I? One more. Okay, one more. Let me think hard about this. Yeah, you, you, you King, King tend to over us, aren't we? No, 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 no. Not, not going those. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess you. Well, you've mentioned his name already, and it, only saw him a couple of times. But Grovesy as a bowler, I just thought, yeah, I can see why he done so well in Premier cricket. Uh, was absolutely, you know, j- just watching him bowl and the way he crafted, and you could just pick out 
how he's going to get this bloke out, set him up, set him up, bang, there it is. Uh, yeah, I'd have him near, even though he wasn't there for many years, really, Gravesy, but just in terms of pure class, bowler, I'd, I'd have him in there. And, Jase, you've, you've played in the MPCA for a number of years. What about your top five? Oh, just overall cricketers, not necessarily batters or bowlers. Um, Jimmy Boyd springs to mind. I, I played against him three times. He made 100 not out every time. Yep. And I just remember, because he, he was at Seaford, I, th- I think the first couple of times he was at Seaford, just smoked us, and then he went to POB. And and I th- I had like seven overs for 10 or something against him. And I thought, I was starting to get a bit of a swagger about it, getting a bit of a strut thing. And I've, I've tied him down here. And then my next over went for 26. And I swear he hit one over the main, not into the main ridge bowling green, but over it into the clubhouse. <laughs> and uh, so he'd be up there. Um, he made 230 against Bonio one game. I'm not sure. 100 each set, though. But he just looked, <laughs> he just looked quality doing yeah. it as well. Yeah, um, yeah I'd have... Um, Scotty Marone is, is just a whether it was just Main Ridge or not, but he loved it, it's similar to what Neil mm. was saying um, in regards to Bobby. He just always wanted to to bowl first against them because if he knew the target, he would just bat to what bat till I got yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, and he, so I think he made three tons in the time I played against him, and you know he chased down sort of three hundred a couple of times against us. Um, then. Um, you know, Darty's another one. Yeah. He's another one I thought I was tying down one day and then put me all over the park. Um, bowlers, I mean, I only got him at the end of his career, but, like, it's interesting reading your interviews, Kingy. I reckon every single batsman has mentioned Terry Doyle. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll hear more about mm. him on the pod because I won't say will. too much. But I got him at the back end of his career and uh, he was sort of just... Like, he would move him off the scene too much for me. Like, I, I couldn't get near him. Um, and I, I did okay against him because Gus Martin would just get me out the other end. But but um, he would be right up there as well. And, look, one of the guys that later became a teammate, when I first came down here, I was playing against him. And um, and I mentioned it in your interview. Like, I I knew of a guy called Gareth Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was a main ridge guy. And we went to play him at Mount Eliza. He'd just gone over there and... Out walks this guy and he's just pointing the bat at bloke. He hasn't faced a ball yet and he's pointing the bat at blokes and telling him he's going to cart this bloke. And I was just like in disbelief. <laughs> anyway, he did. And then later, I think the next year I said no one's to talk to him. I was mm. the captain. Yeah. No one talked to him. He just loves that sort of stuff and he made 180. So, <laughs> so he couldn't figure out the yeah, way. Yeah, and then just to see him um, and know him as a guy as well off the field. Yeah, he, he, to me, is certainly one of the best players ever mm. that I've seen, mm. whether in this comp or any comp. Another one who's in the top ten of the all-time run scorers. And still, you know, got a 60... Oh, um, one again from just ago. the other yeah. week, yeah. Yep. So you've got five you, as well, King. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to stay I miss Blackers. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stay away from sort of Darty and Jewel because yeah. they're, they're pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, Dan Warwick. Would be yeah. probably just about my number one. Yeah. Um, Good call. Same thing. He just made runs against us for fun. It was always hundreds. Um, I think he might have made one duck, and the way we celebrated that wicket is like we won <laughs> the grand final. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he's up there for sure. Um, I think uh, Chris Bretain, he just... I hadn't really played too much with him. Oh, I guessed him, sorry. And then... 
the year that I played the country week, uh, he played. Um, and he proceeded to hit their opening bowler for the flattest cover drive six that I've ever seen at Camberwell. <laughs> and I've gone, well, that's why he's so highly regarded. Um, and I've watched a fair bit of him um, mm. compensating and things like that. And, yeah, he's an absolute freak. Um, flipper, just, yeah, the, the one of the best three-dimensional players. And probably, when you look at it, he's probably the best player that the MPCA has almost yeah. ever had. Um, mm. Not saying that he's better than Robbie Bedford, but I'm. But I, what I'm trying to say is that the way that he was a three-dimensional player, that his batting was probably his weakest part. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and, and and that is really well, he's clearly something. the best fielder in the conference. Oh, yeah. by head head and, and shoulders for years and yeah, years. And his bowling was just <laughs> yeah. extraordinary. Like yeah. there was times where. I think he got you know, seven for against us. Um, there was a game that I didn't play. He got 10 for, but he actually got 13 wickets in innings. He bowled three blokes on no balls. <laughs> um, we we rolled him um, in a semi-final a couple of times, and, and one of them, um, I was fortunate enough to get him for a pair, but I think he went out and took seven for. Yeah. So that's it's just crazy how, how good of a player he was. And, and it, even when he was injured... He still played above the level of MPCA. Like it was, it was crazy. I think I saw him bowl leg spin one day, and I was just like, "Boy, he can do that." I reckon I saw him might have keep keep once because he's he was no good, and I thought, oh, "Well, he can probably do that as well." <laughs> so yeah, him. So those three. Um, oh, I'd, yeah, I'd, you'd have to say Bobby Wilson mm. um, would be in that. Um, yeah, some of the innings he's played, uh, it just. Just crazy. Um, you mentioned that that one against Heather Hill, but yep. you know I was lucky to see one. Um, well, two. He made 140 against us uh, to ch- chasing 180, so he he took them over the line. Um, and I I got a funny feeling that might even have been a one day. So that was that was crazy. And then he made 150 in the 43 degree heat chasing 330 at Crib mm. Point and and did it on a bit. Um, so the harder it is and the situation's harder, like he, he stands up. And uh, this is, it's so hard because you it know, is, think isn't about it. It, it is. I'm go- I could think I'm, of your, yeah. like, some that I've forgotten yeah. about. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I would say, what am I doing? Like, as a teammate, Black is just extraordinary. Mm. Um, yeah, the, I can't the believe I forgot Black is. The mm. things that he used to say to us was like, you know, on his on drive and say to us, even with his with his shots, he goes, hit the ball into the pitch and it'll bounce over the bowler. And we all turned around to him and said, Blackers, we're lucky to hit the ball. Let alone <laughs> think about trying to hit it into the pitch down the ground, mate. <laughs> Just that sort of thing. And, like, he's bowling. Um, you know, he was relatively sharp when he came down. Mm. And then how crafty he was um, towards the back end. And he's got wickets for fun. But I'll go... One more, um, and this bloke I think is just incredible the way he bowled, um, and I think Adrian Mack, um, the way his mm. control was for left armour, um, swung the ball both ways. I faced him when I was young, and I just thought I wasn't so worried about facing um, the quicker guys, but it was more him because he could just do everything mm. and and it was so annoying it was the pace was just so annoying and it just looked so effortless mm. and he just swung the ball both ways he was always going to get you out and he knew it so <laughs> it was so hard to bat against him and and the and the hardest thing was he was such a good bloke <laughs> as well so 
I guess those are the five, yeah, that I would say. But you know, you throw in guys like um, so yeah, many, Jewel, Dart, yeah, yeah. Um, Gaz White. Didn't play too much. Probably only twenty twenties against him. Um, for some, he he hit the ball in weird spots. Um, so you know, like Ben Clements played a couple of years back yeah, at home. Like quality bat. He yeah. was he was probably the best bat that yeah. I played it against. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, the mm-hmm. way he did it, he'd get himself the thirty and forty, and then next minute. He was on 100. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, you, you keep thinking about it and the more we think about, the more... Um, and, and doing the Q&As, you just look at some of the guys' records and you just think, like, how could they not be in the top five? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's the trouble with the top fives. We've found that it's over the years, oh, haven't we? It's very you, difficult. You've got hey, to try and fit 10 in sometimes. Hey, boys, our, um, our competition is in good hands. I've had I've watched yep. a lot of rep cricket over the last couple of years, and you know we've got the parrots coming through at yep. at, at Langy and now up at Melbourne. And um, Flinders have got a, a, an abundance of kids, but Sammy goes probably the stand out of those yep. ones. Kane Hawkins, yep. another one. He'd only be twenty twenty one. Yeah, there's some good kids coming through. Neil, you would have seen a few of them whilst doing the radio. That- oh yeah, and it, uh, I sort of picked Sammy a bit last year and thought. He's very good, and his attitude. And it was just great to see him get that century in a and a seventy within the recent weeks. And yeah, he's on he's on the way up for sure. Lot yeah, a lot of lot of good young kids. And how, uh, how old are the Rulak boys, King? Yeah, uh, Matt would only be sixteen. Mm. James would be nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah, there's a lot of talent around. There is. Um, Young fella at Bonio who we saw last week, who I was fortunate <laughs> enough to see. I think uh, young Zav Miller's got a, a big yep. future ahead of him. Yeah, we've got a good one there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, we spoke about it, and it wasn't just the talent that I was um, impressed with. It was his attitude. Uh, yeah. And and that's that'll keep him in really good stead that, you know, you say a couple of things to him and he does it straight away. You know, you can get a lot of kids with talent who get to 16 and they know they're good and they start to not listen. Um, so I quite enjoy the working with the kids that probably aren't as talent, talented as the top echelon but have a lot of talent but their mind and they think about cricket, mm. they want to improve, they listen mm. and, and, that's, and that's probably where as a coach and like you, Jace, you, you get more... Um, you know, excitement and joy out of seeing those sort of guys. Yeah, and I saw it, I was on the other end of a couple at Mount Martha. The Vemis twins are very good cricketers and they just, um, you know, play to their strengths and bowled really, really well. And um, one of them came out and hit Jobbo back over his head for a six, basically to get him over the line as well. So this, mm. we're in, I was sort of just highlighting there, we're in pretty good hands down here. We've yeah, spoken about so. some of the past generations and, um, I think the next generation of cricketers coming through are, are pretty strong as well. And just before we finish, it's been a, a great first episode. Yeah. Um, funniest teammates. I know we're going to probably ask a lot of the, our guests about that, even in different sports. But, Jace, I'll start with you. Um, in the Q&As, obviously, I, I asked who you'd invite <laughs> to, a, to a Saturday barbecue. I know one you're probably going to say, but... Well, the, t- the two funniest down here, um, one's not an obvious one. Playing with cricket with Eddie Aarons is always <laughs> yeah. never boring, never boring at all. Um, and some of the things he, 
says on field, I can't repeat here, but you know he's he's come out with some of the classics. Um, yeah, or he had a uh, he wrote, wrote a whole letter out to we we're playing in a final, and he wrote a whole letter out and read it to the batsman at the crease <laughs> <laughs> when he came out. Um, it was I can't remember who it was addressed from, but he'd written it. Um, and um, yeah, he was always, he's always good for a laugh. And what a lot of people don't know, a lot of the, the Eddie Aaron's characters are pretty hard on the field. Are the similar like Eddie's? If you know him off the field, he's yeah. just an absolute. Rip. You'd want him on your team one million times. Um, and the other one that was that brings springs to mind is is Jonah Brent Jones. So um, you know he he stopped playing cricket long before he. He talent-wise could have, but he had other endeavours. But absolute gun on the field. But man, oh man, get a couple of drinks into Jonah, and I tell you what, you're up for laughs <laughs> until probably three days later because it'll be a bender. <laughs> <laughs> but a very funny man, and um, yeah, he did get a, a reported once because <laughs> he got a decision given against him. Might have given the bird, and then. We did go to the tribunal during the week and um, he was in fine form during the whole tribunal and I can't say the whole story on air, but, but for people who remember, ask me about it and I'll tell you all about it. It was a very, very <laughs> funny evening. Um, never thought the tribunal would be one of the funniest things I've been to. And, and just before we get Neil's uh, couple of guys or whoever he wants to invite, but you've got a little group at Main Ridge that you're associated with. Oh, there's a group of us um, somehow got uh, titled the Rat Pack. It seems to be everywhere I go, I'm in a Rat Pack. But yeah, the the main Ridge Rat Pack was is well is um, Eddie, Billy, Sakalis, myself, and and Gaz. Um, Gaz is the spiritual leader of that group, um, and uh, we have Stewie Rigby as our secretary. Yeah, so somehow we got coined that phrase, but. Uh, those we'd like to have a rat pack meeting every now and again and it's always always a pretty good session um and we try and hide the fire hydrants from gas if they're having one of those <laughs> nights oh, Neil, what oh, you, mate? well craig keppel's got to be high on the list uh he he's got a good repertoire of jokes but he but it's limited. He keeps, has to keep moving <laughs> clubs so he can tell the same jokes to a new <laughs> audience. Uh, but no, very, very funny fellow, as most most people appreciate. Keps some sometimes he just treads the edge. He was on on the edge on Saturday, as an example, talking to Rob Bowen. You know, of all people, asking him how he is, how he come good after his um, his knee. He had a knee operation, Rob, and. Uh, and he said, all right. And he said, oh, you have to be careful. Uh, he said, I haven't pu- pulled any... I'm just trying to think of how it came up. Something about having pulled any muscles. And he said, oh, I didn't realise you could pull a fat muscle. It <laughs> <laughs> was where he went. Uh, the context was much better the way Craig did it. Uh, and, and the other one I had, just this story, you, know, you prompted people's memories. Uh, a guy called Keith White, who was a, a teacher for a while, at, uh, certainly at Mornington, and played a little bit of cricket at Red Hill and a bit of cricket at uh, at Mount Eliza. Come across him then in the first together against Hastings, and they had uh, Jeff Slocum, who could just a powerful hitter of the ball, and uh, so, so much so that there was an hour and a half left in the game in the second day, and Slocum made a century, and he was just flying part the way through that. 
uh, throwing the ball to Keith. He used to bowl really slow, toss him up leggies. And he's, he wasn't very keen about bowling that day, so he started moving people back all over the place. And he says to Johnny Pearson, the keeper, Pearson, oh, we're not going to need you there. Get out in the covers. I'm not going to beat his bat. And because everybody cracked up and even Slokes had a bit of a laugh about that and continued to smash him over anywhere he felt like. But uh, he'd, he'd always have a little quip for that time, not not the same way that Craig Keppel, but uh, yeah, a few little witticisms that he'd throw in when you weren't quite expecting it. <laughs> well, I guess um, it's probably someone a bit like Eddie who you want on your side, um, but you'd hate to play against him, and that's Polks. Um, and that's in footy, cricket, anything he does. Um, he's not nicknamed Mouth from the South for no reason. Um, but the more... The opposition go harder at him, the better he is. And it's quite funny. It's, it is entertaining when you're playing with him. But I think in footy, he's way better when he's, you know, he's pumping up the crowd, like <laughs> the Pines crowd or Germana <laughs> crowd. He's, you know, he might have just kicked his six or whatever and he, and he goes over to the crowd and has a few words. But, um, yeah, he's probably the most hated <laughs> sports person on the peninsula on field. But when you actually get him off off the field, he's the first to have a beer with you and whatever's happened on the field, you know, he'll leave it out there and he's the same and he has um, probably doesn't have a great reputation with the umpires and, and things like that as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's always he's always interesting to have around. Something will happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like it's... Um, I, I guess, you know, to have a, a Saturday barbie, you know, probably... The, the group of boys that I played cricket with and it was probably my brother, Polks, um, when we were a bit younger and uh, Jaden Sears lived there and, and, and Reese Musgrave. Um, it wasn't called the pig pen for no reason. <laughs> That's frightening. Yeah. So yeah, it had a bit to was, do with Searsy at school. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was quite entertaining. But, yeah, there's probably a few <laughs> others that... Um, Jewel was good on the tongue. <laughs> he, he was good. Yeah. Probably haven't seen 11 blokes meow on a cricket field in a grand final before, but <laughs> we achieved that. Yeah, so I'd have, I'd add Foz to my list of um, fun teammates as well like and, and re- highly respected. Um, he's one of those guys as well that... Because well, I've played against Foz for quite a while and, and, and he did quite well against me. He never said a word to me on the field. I don't ever remember him saying anything. Um, and then when I got to play with him, I thought, hang on, yeah. what's happened here? Things have changed. He was very <laughs> chirpy in, in a very um, funny way and also in a, in a very a way that sort of changed the momentum of the game at times. But similar to what you're saying about Polks, um, Foz was the first guy to off the ground he'll buy the opposition a beer shake their hand say well done whatever and have a laugh about the game but super competitive um and i loved playing cricket with him in in the year we got to the granny yeah and, that, and that's probably another one that you can think of is rama rama rama's an absolute classic um i have the utmost respect for rama and what he can get out of a club and out of a side um and I've played against him for a long time. He's made some good scores against us. But, yeah, he, on the chirp, you, you don't get too much better than Rammer. And it's always very humorous. Like, it's not nasty. It's yeah. it's generally humour-based. Um, you know, he's got into our... For those who know Nick McNamara, he's a bit vertically challenged and he spent a whole day <laughs> into him about his height, which was quite good. Um, but, yeah, Rammer, Rammer's one of the better ones. 
Neil, Jace. Yeah, uh, that's been it's been, been a great, great first episode. Um, it's probably a bit uh, you know looser than we'll probably have it in in interviews with guests, but. Um, it was great to, to delve into your guys' careers and, and your thoughts on the MPCA and we could chat for, for another two hours on, on the things that we've enjoyed, but I'm really looking forward to catching up with a few guests um, in the MPCA and, and outside as well and see how they've gone about their careers. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be great for the, the local scene and um, really looking forward to doing it with you both. Yeah, cheers, Kingy. It's um, yeah, we've spoken. It's been very uh, me, me, me today. But <laughs> got that out well, of our system. Yeah, we, we needed to get that out of our system, and now we can focus on some um, some of the gun sports people that come from down this way, and and some that don't come from down this way. And I'm pretty pumped to talk about it, as we sort of mentioned at the start of the pod. And what do we call it again? So with the RPP inside the pavilion, fantastic. We'll be putting it up on a number of channels. We will, and uh, yeah, look forward to, to spreading it far and wide, Neil, and and speaking to people far and wide. We will. So goodbye, to everyone. Thank you very much for listening.